Jason Ward now just slowing down the clock. Connor Ryan cutting inside Paul Griffin. Great ball out to Declan Alley on his own. Johnny Noonan is screaming for it. He's making the run. Still calling for it inside. Declan Lally turns outside of the right boot. He thought he was Pele, I think, with that one. And the referee calls a halt to the game. That elusive title for St. Bridget's is coming home. Winning the championship was an amazing feat for the club. But personally, playing for Bridget's for about 20, 25 years, the only thing we ever won was uh, an intermediate championship. So to win a senior county title for the first time for the club was historic and a uh, momentous occasion for myself as well. The Dublin final win was unbelievable. I, I, you know, of all the celebrations in the club, I, there were people hugging and kissing each other and jumping around the place. You know, I've never seen such joy. Definitely the two victories, the one over Nafeen in the semi-final and Kilmacud in the final were, were fantastic and the atmosphere and the excitement they brought to the club, both at, you know, at the matches and you know, the night after back here in the club. It was, it was unbelievable, unforgettable. I meant everything, Damien. It was the best day of my life. I got up beside Fergie playing and I said, Dave, Fergie, I'll die happy. In October 2003, my local GAA club, St Bridget's, won the Dublin Senior Football Championship for the very first time in its 71-year history. I played underage football with St Bridget's, very badly I hasten to add, but I've remained for 25 years as a dedicated member of the club. I'm a broadcaster by trade, but I'm also a St. Bridget supporter. And these two situations have been married together to chronicle this radio diary of the team's maiden voyage into the Provincial Club Championship, which began in autumn in Dundalk and ended in Thurless last February. It's November the 8th, 2003, and the tour through the Leinster Football Championship begins in Dundalk. St. Bridget's have drawn loud champion St. Pat's. Bridget's club chairman is Porrick O'Dee. Well, look, at the edge of your Leicester, I said that my main aim for the year would be to travel outside of uh, Dublin, get the Red and White Army someplace. And here we are in Dundalk. Here we are with our Red and White Army and everybody that I visualised on that night are here. And I'm so proud of it. And it's fantastic for the club. And in 10 minutes or 20 minutes, it'll be all happening in the first place of championship. And this is the moment when the team come onto the field, led by team captain Jason Ward. Going up to Loud was, you know, totally into the unknown. But the plus side we had was Paddy. Obviously, Paddy's from Loud. He'd done an awful lot of homework. He knew all the lads. He knew how they were going to play. And we went up the week before and trained on the pitch where we were actually going to play the game. And that was a great advantage because the pitch was diabolical. You were up there yourself, Damien. You know what it was like. It was a tiny pitch. The crowd were right in around you. Very, very tight, which doesn't really suit us. So we went up and trained on it. So we were very familiar with the pitch, which was great. Because when we went up and played that day, there was no surprises. We knew it was going to be a very tough physical battle. We knew they were going to, you know, the as I say, a, a live team would, would have an attitude where Dublin team were soft, so to speak, and uh, they definitely put it, up, put it up to us physically. But we were prepared for that. We knew that was going to happen. Teams think Dublin teams coming down are going to be very, very dirty, which wasn't the case. They were like throwing tackles in all over the place. You know, there was fists going in, and they're a very physical side. And um, it gave us quite a shock, to be honest, because it isn't like that in Dublin. You get they actually got a lot in, in Leinster. The games were a little bit more tougher, much more physical, and the rest had let more go. It's a tough physical game, but by half time, Bridget's are leading by six points to three. Raymond Gallagher is St. Bridget's star full forward.
I love playing football around that time of year. There's a great kind of a a, a cold, a cold kind of sharp bite, and you know, it's there's something I'd rather play that time of year than in the summer for some reason. And I just remember the whole atmosphere was really great, and it was a bit electric atmosphere, you know. And it, it you know, from the matches back to the club that them nights after the games, it was, it was something I'll never forget. We, we came up last night. Yeah, we stayed overnight. Well, in fairness to Brendan Gavin, for the last oh, five, six, seven years since we sort of got to the first county final, Brendan had the car, and they had a, a half car, the roof cut off it. They had a, a little mini, they had a van, and you know we, all, we were always aware of Brendan and the supporters. And in fact, the supporters, even in the two county finals we lost, were tremendous. But particularly um, when we went up to St Pat's, that's when the supporters really became noticed, and we actually sort of really took notice of the fact that they were really there to support us and drive the team on. Because in that game in particular, when it was very, very tight, close to the wire, the only people you could see were St Bridget's supporters and Brendan and the lads in the in the, in the outfits, and, and they let these flares. And you know, when 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 the you know when we were put to the pin of our collars, the supporters really made noise, and definitely they were an extra man on the pitch for us. Very important. Yeah. The head is starting to begin to tump. I hope That's you don't go all the way to Paddy's I won't be able to survive all the way to Paddy's Day. Distinctly remember that particular game. The support after the game was great. You know, I was I was disappointed. Although we'd won, I was disappointed with the way we had performed. And I was, you know, a bit dejected after the game. But, like, the atmosphere they brought and they had uh, whatever. They had a few smoke bombs and whatever else there. The whole lot. And they really did travel in numbers. And they made great noise. The second half is nerve-wracking as St. Pat's almost snatched victory, but Bridget's managed to hold out for a one-point win. Full time here at Downing Hill, following a cracker. St. Bridget's from Dublin, seven points. St. Patrick's from Loud, six. Back to you, Chris. We got to be very grateful for the second half. Our boys are something else. They're very hard. They work with teams. There's no doubt about it. That's only the start of it. They showed that medal when it was asked for them. And the boys. They got out of jail a bit there. Yeah, they they were a yeah. uh, tough game, wasn't it? The best team won. Yeah, so. I know we missed chances, but you know what I mean. They kicked an awful lot of whites. They did kick an awful lot of whites, you know. Ken or Jason Moore. Or Jason Moore. And Declan Lally. And now you have to mention Declan Cahill. Declan Cahill now. Declan Cahill in the back to Supreme now. Well, Lord uh, Ken Darcy caught one or two balls, and and Wardy, and Wardy, yeah, the two of them, and Mighty. I stuck to the and, and nobody to match them. Nobody, there's nobody to match. Them. No. Well, it's a Sunday morning. It's the twenty third of November. It's an absolutely gorgeous morning. We're waiting on the lads to arrive, and it's about five to eleven. Uh, you couldn't ask for better. It's. It's a bit brisk, but it's a great day for, for playing football and we're looking forward to the game. The Bridget Trilogy started in our first county final. Remember that four years ago, I think it was? And uh, we decided we'd do something mad. We went down to Dunsink Motors, <laughs> the, tra- the travellers down in Dunsink, and uh, we went around, we went window shopping down there and we bought a little brown mini. And we brought it up to the house and you know, a big gang of us, Aidan McFall, John Peake, Glenn Markey, all Dickie Donovan, and uh, we painted it up, we spent the week painting it up and doing it up red and white and stuff like that. So we brought it down, so it was great out crack, but it didn't bring us any luck that year. But anyway, we got into the county final then the year after, or the second year after, and uh, we needed something different. Then we went down to Dunsink Motors again and uh, we got, uh, what did we buy? Oh, we bought a little Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi van, you know the little squash high aces. 
we got one of them painted up red and white as well other more crack again so that didn't bring us any luck anyhow so at this stage now people were getting a bit dodgy about it alright they enjoyed it like I said it's not bringing us any luck so this county final particularly Key Keane threatened me physically threatened me don't do a car don't do a car but we did anyhow so we went down we didn't go to Jason McGarrell actually got us this uh, Volkswagen Jetta and uh, we said okay now it's a boring old car we're going to have to do something mad to it so what do we do cut off the roof <laughs> so the roof is off and she's painted up and she's ready and it brought us good luck this year anyhow so we're allowed to bring it around now but uh, bringing it down to Mullingar now and I don't know about the journey I don't know whether to make it so if anyone sees us down in part or a kindergarten they better give us a lift <laughs> God bless you my son Is that the really arranged had to rearrange the plastic because the seat's got soaking wet we don't want wet arses going down here Is she diesel? She's yeah. diesel yeah when she gets it <laughs> Mike Lowe's saying no license, no. Yes, Wind her up there in the front, will you? Give it a kick. Get, get the starting handle there. Now we're sucking diesel. Bring his head full guard, here we go. The Leinster football semi-finals begin at 2 o'clock where Arles Kilcruz of Leash meet Kildare Champions Ryan Towers in Carlow while Dublin St. Bridget's take on Longford's Clongish in Mullingar at the same time. You got here anyway, Brendan. Yeah, Bridgie made it right. We had to stop in Kinnegad now for an old pit stop. It was nothing to do with the car, it was something to do with it. we were frozen. <laughs> the, old fr- the old toes are freezing. But uh, no, we made it then, alright. Bit of a wobble at one stage, but we're alright, we're here now. Into the unknown again, Clonlish, we'd sort of watched them. We'd watched every Paddy did a tremendous job in terms of um, doing a lot of coverage and sort of uh, homework on all of the teams we were playing. So we did a lot of video work. We watched lots of videos of them. You know, the team as a whole, we weren't arrogant or cocky or pompous enjoying the game, but we sort of knew deep down that, you know, we had enough players on the pitch. In terms of our team, we've got 15 good quality players, but a lot of the teams we played maybe had two or three class players, whereas we're a better blend, I'd imagine. So, yeah, we got a shock, but I think deep down we knew that we could probably beat those guys. Yeah. Good afternoon and welcome to Cusick Park in Mullingar. Yes, our featured game on Channel Side Sunday Sport today. The meeting of Clongish and St. Bridges in the Leinster Senior Football Club Championship semi-final. The referee in the centre of the field is Pat Fox. Pat Fox, the referee from Westmead, had awarded the penalty before the ball was sent to the back of the net. So no goal for Clongish. However, they have a penalty from the penalty spot against Paul Kane, the goalkeeper for the St. Bridges side. Let's see what Barden can do with this one. He steps up, he's going to strike it right footed and he sends it to the back of the net. Half time from Cusick Park in Mullingar. It's uh, Clongish of Longford, two goals and two points. St. Bridges, the Dublin champions, uh, six points. Another way of looking at it is four, what is four scores to six as well, you know what I mean? We've, we've had many wides. It's six, six wides. I don't think I'd bring anyone on. Only you can do is Darcy or Colin McLean. McLean is more of a 10 minute. What are you going to do with McLean? Should Kevin Bonner skin his man inside there? Opportunity for Kenneth Darcy making in one shot comes in and a goal! A goal for St. Bridget's crashed to the back of the net by Kenneth Darcy, and that could well be a turning point in the game. Eleven and a half minutes played in the second half, and Kenneth Darcy has rattled the ball to the back of the net and a goal for St. Bridget's in Absolutely fabulous goal. Five minutes, five minutes gone now. Oh, sorry, 
we're into a fifth minute now of stoppage time. A referee's going to have to call a halt to this game. I think this will be the last kick of the game. Paul Keane now with the kick out. And the referee calls a halt. Performances from the likes of Mickey Garvin and Ken Darcy. I think we were lo- we were we only won by two points, but. We were probably 68 points better team than them, you know. But again, we kind of we let them back into it in the last 10 minutes, and they tagged over a few points. But overall, I was pleased with that performance. What a performance, huh? Brilliant, wasn't it? Well done, Dick. Declan Darcy, you didn't start the game, but you were on the field at the end. Some battle out there. Fantastic! I was understand watching the game like. Well, there's goals like that going in left, right and centre. You don't know what way it's going to be a bit of a lottery, but we had to keep our discipline and our shape throughout the game. And if we do that, we, we, we thought that we'd, have, we'd be there, thereabouts at the end. And that's what transpired at the end. We just worked them down until we eventually got the victory, you know. Well, Paddy, what, the, what did you make of that game? Nerve-wracking. <laughs> One word, nerve-wracking. Uh, but I always knew, again, I always knew about the team. I always believed class until in the end. You'll sleep tonight, Paddy. I'll sleep well tonight. I will sleep well tonight after that. By as I will. I can tell you that. The news talk 106 Sport here, Sinead Thanks, Cleona. In Gaelic Games, St. Bridges are through to the final of the Leinster Club Senior Football Championship. The Dublin champions overcame Clonkish of Longford by two points. Two goals and 11 points to three goals and six points in the semi-final in Mullingar today. After the match, Padder Andrews was delighted with the win. It was, it was magnificent for this time of year and I think it was a great game of football. And all credit to Clonkish. They really came, came at us. They, ne- they never lay down. They, get, they got their goals and they really made a fight of it. I think we're just happy to, to come away with the victory and looking forward now to the Leinster final. Right, we're away. Ah, good tackle, Keith, son. Good tackle. That's it, Wardy, son. That's it, Wardy. Jerry and Paddy came in, and Jerry in particular. It was totally a professional uh, outfit in terms of the training, um, the facilities, food after training, um, preparation. Everything was like a, a county team. Four. I need two. That's four against four. I need two down here. There's too many lads. I want two bibs and two non-bibs down here. Um, I played county with Dublin and Leitrim, and this setup was, uh, you know, definitely on a par with that, if not better. And the training methods, the way we trained, the structure training, the drills, it wasn't, you know, running lads around the pitch, you know, 100 laps driving us into the ground. It was all a method to everything we did in terms of the drills, um, the matches we played. We played inter-county matches against Wicklow, Mead. Um, you know, so the, the training, the level of training was really, really upped. The tactical awareness of Jerry and Paddy was, was tremendous. Um, every game was a lot of homework done in terms of who we were going to play, how we were going to play them, how players on the pitch were actually going to play. So every last evening, detail was, uh, was looked at and they, to be honest with you, whatever team we had, uh, I think if we hadn't had Jerry and Paddy, we definitely wouldn't have won the championship last year. No bounce, no bounce, and so come and meet it. 30 yards, too sharp, Marty. Keep moving round the grid. Jerry McIntyre would have had the experience of, what, he won a few All-Irelands, he played for Meath for over a decade, I think, you know, when he'd been through the middle and he knew what it, what it took to be at the top. And I suppose Paddy Clark had been coaching football teams for 
guts of 30 years, you know, and he'd been around county teams, various club teams. He was even involved in the international rules team, you know. So I suppose they brought that experience and and uh, maybe just t- took us a wee step further and maybe probably particularly with Jerry, he would have brought a discipline to, to us, you know, and uh, probably got the best out of us at training and maybe that was just this, that slight bit that made the difference, you know. We do not want this game to fall down into a dog fight. All right? Barry Cahill, finals coming up now on Sunday week. Uh, have you mixed emotions, Barry, because you're not playing? I do a bit, all right, but um, I've noticed this last June that I wouldn't be playing in either the Dublin Championship or the Leinster Championship if we'd got that far. So it's not as though it's uh, come as a shock to me, you know, I've come to terms with it at this stage and just hopefully we can uh, go on and win the final and then I might get a shot at playing in one of the All-Ireland Club semi-finals. In the next couple of weeks I should be able to kick a ball. I have to meet the surgeon in four weeks' time and hopefully he'll give me the all-clear to resume full training from the new year on. OK, lads, we're kicking the ball to each other. The man with the ball calls the pass. Just call Rory to a man who's 30 yards away. Stick it on his chest. No burn. Little did you know you'd be next. <laughs> St. Bridget's has members from every county in Ireland. Tipperary man Jerry Nolan is one of the club's best known ambassadors. I mean, I'm involved with Bridget's since 1968 when I came to town first. Football club then. Since then, Bridget's have developed a massive big club. But football is, is, is the mainstay of the British club. And to, to be in that club, and what does it come from? It's the greatest day ever in British club. To be playing in the Leinster club final with maybe 10,000 people in Navan. You know, lads with Kildare coming up there, all county men. We have great county men. It's, unbelie- it's an unbelievable feeling. Now, we, Sunday morning, we sometimes on here at the club Sunday morning, but we, we're all heading for Navan immediately after that hurling match, you see. And that's what this club is about. And this, this is the day we all live for, and, and, and you know, we're winning the county this year. and going on playing in Leinster and hopefully it goes from there and if it doesn't sure it's still a brilliant year for the club like. best year ever ever in my life for the club and we'll, we'll, we'll do Dublin and Bridges for a Sunday The team has been named for the Leinster final Declan Cahill will as usual play at full back along with his brother Martin at cornerback the older brother Dermot is also on the panel I was diagnosed with cancer um, I had just gone 25 so like any man you're in your prime at that stage you've got your whole life ahead you know it was a big big shot um, but I had great family and friends around me. They they helped me now. Work colleagues in Selbridge, they were fantastic as well. Um, they 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 were unbelievable. Now a source of comfort for me. And um, the club has been fantastic as well. Um, you know the players were in, in to see me all the time in hospital. And uh, you know they're always encouraged me when I first back my tra- back training as well. Um, you know the the, uh, the goodwill that was there from 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 them towards me was fantastic now, and I obviously couldn't speak high enough of them now. Definitely, we have to be in Navan for twenty past twelve, half twelve tomorrow afternoon. Um, we'll have a bite to eat, something something light, um, a bit of a laugh, a bit of banter among ourselves. We'll make our way down to Park Touch and then for probably one quarter past one, walk around the pitch, have a look around. We'll get togged out for around half one, out in the pitch ten minutes later, do our warm up, and uh, Jerry and Paddy will say their few words. And then it's in the hands of the football gods, as, as the man says after that. Keep going, keep going. Come on, lads, have you away from him? It's 12 minutes to go, Damien, in what is a relegation playoff, really, for all instances for Bridget's. Kieran's are county champions, league champions, and Bridget's are two points up 
fighting against a really strong Craig Kieran comeback. Two different aspects of uh, GAA life in Dublin. A senior hurling team struggling for survival and a senior football team about to play the pinnacle of Leinster Club football. And there's a good point for Bridget's start. Put the three points up. It was scored by your brother, wasn't it? What? Which one was it? Keen. Was it? Keen Manny. Well, Keen is another proud man owner of the uh, Mahoney Arse which is on display proudly by both Keen and Dermot O'Mahony It's about uh, two and a half hours before the senior football game down the road in Navin. Matty Keen, you have two sons playing with the footballers but uh, it's a good start to the day Great start, fabulous to stay up in senior horn again it's as important nearly as the match this evening but it should boost the lads the lads who, who, should, who couldn't be here because of the football match. So it has to be a great boost for them. Just, uh, they we're still in the senior horn. Now, Matty, you're going down, are you? Uh, definitely, yeah. Definitely. You're, you're, Where I'm going now, we'll be down in Avon someplace. Because you're, you're a man known for uh, not, not being able to see out the full game. Well, I am indeed. Well, especially when you have t- two lads probably playing. You know, it's an extra bit of pressure. And, yeah. and there's, there's been so many years um, gone into getting a team, you know, yeah. and going this far. Like, it's a bit, a bit nerve-wracking. Oh, right, the okay. cards are getting anxious. We, we, right. give, we give yeah. our new horn for today as well. Yeah. <laughs> Me? No, go in here. And there they go, off to Navin. Well, Bren, you've arrived. Ah, we arrived, yeah, just about, yeah. <laughs> I've got a journey down. It wasn't as cold as the Mullingar, it's grand, not a bother. Just get parking the car up at the pitch. Oh, she's parked right beside the pitch, yeah, ready for a quick getaway. <laughs> Probably in the Lancer final, we were under a bit more pressure. We we were strong favourites, and uh, we were expecting to win ourselves, and everyone else was expecting us to win. So we knew we, you know, if we didn't want to leave it behind us. We knew we were capable of, of winning it, but. And that's with no disrespect around hers. We just we knew that if we performed to to uh, to the best of our ability, that we would win, or we felt we would win anyway. Let's go to the Leinster Club football final. A big crowd, I'm sure, at Park Talchin in Navan. A novel pairing for a Leinster Club final. And me all of my heart of the game is underway a few minutes. And I think I saw a whole load of Santa Clauses dressed up there at Park Talchin in Navan. Have you seen them? Well, it's an amalgam of altar boys and Santis. They're followers of St. Bridget's. They're extremely noisy. The game has started three minutes ago. Very, very lively pace. How do you think Who's it's going the game so far? Well, I'm impressed by the way Bridget's They started off... First point, give them a great boost early on. Tony? Yeah, I'm happy enough, uh, Damien, how they're doing. Yeah. Uh, it's a a great game goal. of football, it is, too. Yeah. Well, we got a great goal, and uh, right away, they, they come back and got another one right away, so... It 
next I'll make for a good game and uh, hopefully, hopefully it'll hang on. Uh, well, yeah, hopefully we'll hang on. Yeah. And they've reached the halfway point at uh, Park Tolchin in Navan, the Leinster Club football final. St. Bridget's of Dublin against Round Towers of Kildare, and it's a pretty good game. Michal Hertek. A pretty good game. The score at half time: Navbreed or Kunde Oxley a goal and six points. Round Towers and Kildare a goal and five. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, a The sun's still shining, the crowd is no more than 4,000 people. They're really enjoying it, the older boys and the Sandys in unison below with their beards and their hats and their dressed in red. And now Declan Lally, Lally shot the Sandy, gets it away, Declan Dassey, Declan Dassey has it. No back inside him, there's one inside him, two inside him, Dassey's still in the right hand side, kicks it high in the air, Collins let it cross and Collins it over the bar. A fantastic point by Declan Dassey, the man that captain leads him to win the Connacht title in 1994. Is hidden from my view with smoke at the moment. The ball blocked by Ken Dassey in the centre. Yeah! The game is over. And St. Bridget, the Dublin County football champions for the year 2003, are now the Leicester AIB Club football champions for the that? same year. I'm delighted, it was a great display there, especially towards the end, and uh, they definitely were entitled to win it, yeah, they were the best team on there. Uh, Very relieved and absolutely delighted. Vincent's UCD, Parnells, Thomas Davis, Kilmacrod, Colts and Nafina, now the name of St. Bridget is to be added on to those. Hello, Paula! It wasn't a case of we were going in and I had a speech prepared, we're definitely going to win this game. It was a game we went in and you know it hung in the balance for a lot of the time. So um, while there was a bit of an anti-climax, it was still a huge occasion and a great game to win. The cup has just been presented to Jason Ward, the captain. I managed to waylay one of the stars of the game, Mick Galvin, left half-back. I'm not sure what you scored in the game, even though you were a defender. Well, at times I, I pushed forward with the rest of the lads, but at times I found myself up there and I got a rush of the blood at one stage and, and got a goal, but it's all just a bonus at this stage. It was just a savage team effort. <laughs> Martin Cavill, well, you're back in the dressing room, Leinster champion. It's a hell of a good feeling. I'm not going to lie to you, David. I'm not going to lie to you. Brilliant. Had a not went out and won Leinster, I think we it maybe would have taken away a wee bit from winning Dublin, or I would have felt we had left something behind, you know. Kiki, you're back in the club uh, about three or four hours after victory. This must be a great moment for you. It's magic, uh, Damien, uh, seeing all these kids. All the fireworks, everything is just it's marvellous. Just probably won't, won't sink home until probably tomorrow down the road some for a few scoops. Um, Mark Ryder, you play down, middle of the field. You go up, like, what, half back, is it? Can I go 
It's 10 days before the All-Ireland semi-final and Mayo man and club secretary Tony Hegarty is putting his pupils through a training session at St Bridget's National School in Castleknock. St Bridget, as you know, she came from Fahard in County Loud and around the middle of the 6th century, she, I'd say she trod around this area in the, on her way to Kildare to found her first convent. And uh, presently at the moment she left a great legacy to us here. As you can see, the children out here playing football and hurling now, they all wear the St Bridget's crest. So naturally enough, she did, she did leave a mark here. Some might say she played camogie at some stage with a Bridget's team on her way down, but we, that can be argued. Uh, in the area, St Bridget's here in Castleknock, this national school, we have about 800 pupils. And down the road we have St Bridget's of Blanchardstown, who also wear the St Bridget's cross. Um, Skull Nave Breed, as we're both known as in the Irish, is a great, a great tradition here in the area. And this school is, it dates back to 1865. Our own GA club, which is adjacent here to this in, in the Castleknock area, Blanchardstown area, it's uh, 1932. So, I mean, it, it dates back a fair amount of time and there is a massive tradition there. In the area also we have the St Bridges Wells, uh, one in the Castleknock village and we have one down near enough in Blanchardstown in the Mulhuddard area. And we have also, we have, uh, we have St Bridges Church in Blanchardstown and the St Bridges has left her trademark all over the place. She's, she's a, a mighty woman really, you could say. Well, after winning the Lens of Tide, everyone was hungry and said, God, yeah, this would be great to win a... Uh, a semi-final of an All-Ireland and get into an All-Ireland final. Everyone was looking to St. Patrick's Day, but the break definitely you know, hindered us. I know it's the same for everybody, but I think there's more distraction in Dublin for, for younger lads over Christmas and uh, just into the new year. So the preparation, it went well, but we, I think we took our eye off the ball. You know, the, the amount of training we did, we trained, we trained, we trained, but trying to keep the momentum and the, and the hunger there was difficult. So I would have preferred if you could have had your All-Ireland final, you know, just before Christmas, if that was possible. I think we would have had a different result. A great choice of live international football on two Sky Sports channels tonight. But right here, right now, live from Lansdowne Road for the Republic of Ireland against Brazil. It's the Wednesday night before the Gaeltacht game. Brazil are in town to play Ireland in a soccer friendly. A big night for them. But it's also a big night for the Bridgets players. The team is named for the game in Thurles. Yeah, we've announced the team to the players tonight and uh, there's one change in there where they're to welcome back uh, Barry Cahill, um, who's, who we feel has recovered sufficiently now from a horrendous injury that he had last, uh, last summer. And uh, Barry comes into the defence, uh, Mick Galvin moves up into the forward lane and Johnny Nunes, the unfortunate one, this time round to lose out. I suppose it is a good achievement to be back playing so early. I hadn't really envisaged being back playing in February competitively anyway. Um, I suppose the end of March was more of a realistic target for me, so I'm glad I'm a bit ahead of schedule and thankful I am so I can fill, my, fill the place on Sunday. It's Saturday night, the night before the game. The red and white army have descended on Thurlis for the biggest game in the club's history. One of the, 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 the Abbey, Abbey pub in Holy Cross. Uh, all my members are Kevin Ryan, John's son in law, John's daughter Sandra. And you know Michael Dodd, the very manager of last year, and yes. his son Johnny, a great very hurler, President Mitch, the very chairman. Steve is the GA around here. This, this, is the, this, this is the GA, lads. Introduce in, this man to me, John. Uh, the, the man on my right, it's John Dial. Let's be John Dial. 
when I laid all out of hurling medals, never flinched again in any life. He played hurling with dangerous, tough lads. There was no camera behind the goal. They were half pulling around the square long ago. John never asked, asked that from anyone, never got anyone. And all them men are the best of pals today, lads. They're all talking about this and that's another thing. But John Dyer and them men, for to kill Kenny, to cock the whole lot, the hurling from Limerick. They're all, they're all die for each other, all them men, and that's the hurling about, lads. And it's a game of the about, lads. John, are you going to be supporting Bridget's tomorrow? I'd like to see him win, actually, yeah. yeah. I think it'd be good for the game, see him win, yeah. Why do you think it'd be good for the game? Ah, they only have to come up and, uh, you know, they're, they're up against it in Dublin with all the different codes that's playing there and all of that, and, and I think it's good, it's good to see St. Bridges progress like that. Eight All-Ireland medals, Sam. Yeah. yeah. Do you think the, you know, eight All-Ireland senior medals, it'll be easily achieved by a player in the future? Well, I hope somebody does, you know, because, I mean, records are there to be broken. Yeah. You know what you're here, folks. Uh, you're all inside the Anna all night, but we moved our country just small. We moved west to Holy Cross, the real home of Hurling. Uh, I'm a right, Mr. John Dial. Behind us, a band named Eastern Half Class. So, there's an acoustic band. A little bit of stretch there for the band, please. That's the best, best of all. Thank you very much. It's Sunday morning and the train to Thurless is about to leave Houston Station. Hundreds of St. Bridget's supporters in red and white are about to get on board what's been nicknamed the Santa Express. We're not going down for scenery, we're going down to win the match. We're fairly confident, Joe. I think we have a better all-round team than uh, Gail Talk. They're very strong down the middle, but we have a good team. We're going uh, with full, full of confidence and we expect our, our team to perform as they performed all year and hopefully we'll be in Croke Park on Patrick's Day. If they produce the football they're capable of, there's no team in Ireland to live with them. Meanwhile, back in Thurless. Horrocka D, chairman of the club. About 20 minutes before the throw-in, are you nervous? Yes, yes, indeed. I'm very nervous. To tell the truth, but uh, it's coming right. The boys are just getting together in the dressing room. I just left the dressing room. They're, they're all in very good form and good shape, and that's, for, that's what matters. This is everything, sure. This is what the club is about, isn't it? This is really what, where everybody comes together, and they all knuckle down, and supporters from all over the country, and it's fantastic. Special, special, very special. Good luck, lads. Goal and a forward McGunigal there, holding up the championship with Gunnigal as well. 
the old boys, the altar boys stand at the far side of the field. They're saluting that goal for Christian. The breeze is with them. They need one three to one point. Made it around. Made it off out to the right now. So Graham Norton. Norton gets it back to his goal. Referee decides it's half-side. Real offensive well, it's half-time and uh, the president of the GA, Sean Kelly, is here supporting Gaelic Talk, no doubt. Well, uh, the president has to be neutral. Mm-hmm. I'm supporting Gaelic football, and I suppose uh, whatever team wins, I think, will deserve to win. It's a good game. If I had to call it, I'd say Bridget's a little bit ahead, but I wouldn't be betting on it. It's ten minutes into the second half and still anyone's game. Then Declan Laddy gets the ball on the right wing from where he raced through and struck for goal. Yes! Goal! Yes! What a goal! Come on, Bridget! Second to go, a tracking goal by Declan Laddy for Bridget. They now lead 2 3 to 5 points. But the Bridget celebrations were short lived as Gail Tucked replied 60 seconds later with a goal of their own. We're three minutes into English Child, the Grand leading by three points, attacking down the right hand side. The game is over. I was top certain telling the fans that they went to Tammy's Club Bay, I've been ahead, and Lorna Pawley, the ball get broken. The players are through and they await the result of the new country. Yes, the strongest team. Big strong team. And, um, it's very hard to come into the losing restroom. I've been enough of them. But um, just on behalf of the players, we, we, went to, we were just over the moon and it's, it's, we won't make any ones, but we're delighted. Like, but I think like the, you're, you're such a strong club that you'll be back again. Like, but um, we're going to make the most of it. And I, thanks for the great sporting game and we hope, we hope you're back next year. I actually spoke to Darrow O'Shea after the game and had a good chat with him and wished him well and after he spoke in the dressing room it was just, you know, as you said, an eerie silence the lads went into the showers, there was no talking people changed, came back in and it was, you know, a pin could have dropped it was some performance. Not once, yeah. All year. You know, obviously, I've been I've been on a lot of losing teams. We've been playing for Fermanagh. We never really we won too much. You know, and I've been in a lot more losing dressing rooms than I have winning anyway. And I've had a lot of gut-wrenching defeats. You know, we've been annihilated. You know, they've been in very low points. But I think that in Gaeltock match was probably the lowest. I think everyone knew inside themselves, and uh, it's a different, different feeling from when you're away and everyone's bubbly and there's a bit of slag and a bit of banter and and whatnot. But in defeat, like it's especially in the manner of the defeat, there's there was nothing you could say. You know, no one. I don't think anyone could look at each other. We couldn't even lift our head to look someone in the eye. It was just as you say, it was a quite eerie place to be. And when you think back, fourteen months where we started out from. It's been an incredible achievement. Well, Porrick, uh, defeat, uh, you were confident before the game. Has it sunk in yet? Uh, yeah, it just has. It, just has, it has sunk in, yeah. yeah. We're, we're disappointed because we, we just maybe... We scored 17 points in games, 14 points in games, and today we got three, two very good goals. But some of these things happens in the game, and 
uh, when you get your chance. I'd say maybe I would expect two or three times to beat that team, but on the day we couldn't just do it. So we have to accept our defeat. And it's disappointing because we know we're so close to, to the real glory. We just have to accept it. That's the, that's the game. And see it as a game. And say thanks to the lads for their performances because they put a lot of hard work into it all year. I'm going to go over to the far side. Is that all right, lads? Okay, thanks. The party had come to an end in a flash, literally. We just didn't seem to turn up that day. Well, not the team that had thrilled us all year. And what stands out was the dressing room. It was eerily quiet. All you could hear was the hiss of the showers. And it's a strange irony, but before last year's Dublin Championship campaign began, the club organised a fundraising variety night in the Dreyck Theatre in Blanchestown. It was a great club night, and even some of the players, they were up on the stage singing and dancing as well. And Brian O'Donnell, a great club member, brought the curtain down that night singing Joe Dolan's song, Goodbye Venice, Goodbye. And it was kind of sad because it was such a great night, we didn't want it to end. We were all there, amateurs, up on this big stage, and we were having a ball, and... You know, as I walked across the pitch at Semple Stadium on the evening of February the 22nd, after losing the game against Gaeltacht, I could hear the hum of goodbye Venice, goodbye in the back of my mind. Brian O'Donnell bringing down the curtain on the variety night. Joe Dolan bringing down the curtain on a great year for the club. It was a symbolic coincidence. Ultimately, it was the, be- the best football year of my life. It was great for family, friends, the club, everything. It was just absolutely tremendous. 